Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Sean. Hey, everybody. Hope you're having a nice Saturday. It's uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Cam Stewart along with Mike Blewett on this beautiful Saturday. And uh, I don't know, Mike, we got so many things going on. This is the way I like it. I know things are going to change soon. It's going to be when we're talking just baseball, but we got a Champions League final. We got a, we haven't even talked about Stanley Cup, Blues and Bruins, game three from St. Louis tonight. We got a whole baseball board. We got everything. And I even talking off the air, hell, the Women's World Cup of Soccer starts next week. What's going on? Yeah, France <laughs> uh, starts in France on Friday with France hosting uh, South Korea uh, Friday at three o'clock. So I had a lot of fun watching it last time around in 2015 uh, because that U.S. women's team was really so likable and they they blew through the tournament. Carly <laughs> Lloyd was really the star of the, the show. Then we'll see her and Alex Morgan uh, and Megan Rapinoe are really the stars of that team. I was saying to Cam. Uh, during the break, one of the defenders on the team, Crystal Dunn, is a resident of the town in which I live, Rockville Center, uh, Long Island. She went to the local high school here and went to Duke University, starred as an All-American. So uh, you can see people around town wearing Crystal, uh, girls wearing Crystal Dunn jerseys. So it's a cool little shot in the arm and, and will get me focused on it in a, in a little bit of a, a different way than somebody else out there, maybe. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, Mike. The United States' best team in the FIFA World uh, Cup women's rankings. They are obviously the best. Germany right behind them in the two-hole. England moved up from fourth. They're third right now. France fourth. And Canada rounding out the top five. That's uh, the Women's World Cup. They get things going uh, on Friday. Should be a lot of fun in this one. It's like, yeah, our Canadian team, we can't even beat Trinidad and Tobago in the men's side. So at least the the ladies show up, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah, U.S. US got bumped from the men's world cup losing to trinidad and tobago hopefully uh they fare a little bit better in here the u.s kicks off uh the following tuesday june 11th against thailand so uh, i'm sure there'll be a hefty favorite there but the u.s and canada women's soccer rivalry is a pretty intense one yes it's it's a lot it's actually true. The, the United States is better, but we, Christine St. Clair, could arguably uh, be one of the best players in the world. That's like right. She is the Canadian team, so uh, yes. and she's just amazing. Great NCAA career as well. Uh, but yeah, USA, as you know, Mike, they're they're deeper, better. The Germans, uh, the Germans are a very very interesting team though, because I remember when Canada was actually ranked, I think at one point second in the world. Uh, they've slipped down. The Germany's moved into the two hole. I think they're America's toughest competition. If you're gonna if if you look at it, I think the United States followed by Germany, one and two. The, the rankings make a lot of sense, and there's a big difference between the haves and the have-nots in women's soccer, right? You can see a lot, a lot more yeah. blowouts. It's top-heavy. Yeah. Yes, certainly. Uh, I, I think that tends to happen. Hell, even in the in the men's World Cup, I, I think we see a little bit of that as well, but it really starts to, uh, it, it, maybe in, to put it in terms that people would understand here, it starts to look a little bit more like college hoops does on the women's side Good where call. there's a little bit more of a disparity of talent throughout the world but i think that's part of the deal right uh the look i always think of it in this terms when it comes to international uh sports spreading internationally part of me back in 1992 didn't want the nba players to play together on the dream team because i thought at the time, and I'm not any soothsayer, but I thought at the time 
this would give the other countries some insight as to how good we are here yeah. at hoops. And sure enough, that's You're exactly absolutely what correct. Now it's not so simple, right? Argentina, no. all these other. It's like okay, here we go. The dream team they could battle these guys. It's no, uh, there's no more like uh, 50, 60 point wins here. It's a whole different that's ball right. game. That's right. And there's 300 million people playing basketball in China and what you said about Toronto. And now basketball is very much an international game. There's a big section of international players playing in the NBA that are on the court in game one. Jonas Jurebko, Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam, Mark Gasol. How many more? How many guys do I need to keep? We're talking Spain, Cameroon. These guys are from everywhere. All over the place, man. Clay and Steph and Kawhi are the standout American players, but there are plenty more guys that were getting minutes that are not a native Amer- a native to North America or even the United States. Look at the schools those guys just, went to, too, Mike. I find it fascinating. By the way, the I, want to sound like the a I don't want yep. to sound like a xenophobe that I didn't want it to be uh, no, you don't. with You don't sound Europeans. like a xenophobe. I just wanted us yeah. to keep beating everybody by 60. That's the thing. It's very similar for, for, for Canada in hockey. Look how it's changed. Look how it's yeah. changed. We used to go in there years ago and beat teams, you know, I'm not talking about the Russia series back then, but when new countries came, like Norway, Switzerland, 12 nothing. 12-1. Yeah. You know, we'll take it easy on them. 7-1. Now, they're scoring with one second left to force overtime versus Switzerland, getting dominated and barely winning a game and losing to Finland yeah. in the finals. That's what happened yeah, at the World like- Hockey Championships that nobody yeah. really followed, which is, I I only know because I'm here, but it's stupid. It's it's the same time as the Stanley Cup final, but that's the media we get here, so I'm watching like, wow, Switzerland actually dominated Canada. Mike, this, these are guys that they used to like laugh at. You know what I mean? You, you, you can name your yeah. number. Win by 20 goals if you wanted to. Now they're competing. Yeah. They need a last-second goal to tie and beat them in overtime. Interesting. Yeah, and and look, it, it's fun. Yes, when you're, you're a Canadian and a hockey fan or an American and a basketball fan, you want yeah. to keep dominating, but there's a variety of reasons for this. First of all, the knowledge for of how to coach the sport starts to bleed into the other countries in a pretty organic way, right? So uh, a national basketball uh, federation or a national hockey federation says, we need to hire somebody that knows exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. and knows how to build an organization and can run it and will throw some money at it. And then the next thing you know, you have a pick a name hockey player, famous hockey coach, whoever it might have been, goes over and teaches Switzerland what yeah. the hell they're doing. And Germany, Uwe Group. Uwe Group. Right. Look at them. Yeah. Right. So you have a bunch of guys in a foreign country that are Canadian by nature, but are coaching the Swiss, uh, Swiss hockey team into how to do things the right way. I was watching a story on uh, HBO Real Sports recently, and it was about Norway and their national sport federation and how they teach kids and why Norway has been really successful in the Olympics, mainly Winter Olympics, but That's they're true. making an effort across all sports. And they have a very specific focus on the way they teach kids, um, which is the opposite of the way Americans are teaching kids. And Canadians, too. No, Nor- yeah. Norway is basically pound for pound person per, per person, probably the most successful when you think about it. Like, they definitely you know, were in the last Winter Olympics. Yeah, no, they they're dominant. Were. They crush. So, like, and yeah. it's a small country. And, like, look at the population yeah, base. That's right. And there's just – they don't charge kids. It's not a pay-for-play situation. They get Love everybody that. involved. There's mm-hmm. like almost like an optional fee that you can uh, – and, and you have kids out there just playing every night. They don't keep score until – God, they don't keep score until the kids are basically in high school. They don't have – eight-year-olds going home crying in their mitt yeah. about losing a game 5-4 because of their... Look, I, I'll give you a, a prime life example. Last Saturday night, my nephew, who is a good baseball player, I have no idea what that means right now because he's 11 years old, yep. but he's good. He's yep. on travel teams. He's all over the place. They have to travel an hour from the house today, maybe an hour and a half because there's major... Uh, traffic issues happening on I-95 today in New York and Connecticut. There's all kinds of lane closures. They're calling it Carmageddon, but that mm. I digress. He's got to travel potentially two hours to this travel game, and that's in the direction of going to Connecticut. He played 10 minutes from my house last Saturday night. Night. It was cold out. 
It's like a 7. It was like an 8 p.m. game start. He's playing under the lights. He's traveling all over the place. He's paying for some travel teams that he's invited on another. And he pitches the final two innings. He's on a pitch count, but he's trying to close out the game. He gives up a two-run base hit to end the game. They lose. He was devastated. Mm -hmm. But it puts it in perspective. I watched the Norway thing the next night, and I was like, you know what? These putting pressure on them at 11 years old to try to win games and close out games is maybe the wrong approach. I, you know, I could probably I'm somewhere in the middle, but yeah. it really was a stark contrast of what I had just watched and then see Norway's approach to not putting pressure on kids to be on teams and play games and win all the time. Instead, they're building skills that will make them better when they can handle it emotionally in 15, 16, 17. It's interesting, Mike, because I think it's kind of in the middle. I, I, and I remember when I played hockey, um, we, we were a traveling team, too, and we went to Michigan. We played like Detroit CompuWare kids and, you know, we were just an, a decent team in Canada. We weren't the best. Like, we were high level, but there's teams that were way better than us. But we went, and this team from, like, Michigan, Woodhaven, like, they had, like, I think the Ralston brothers, Brian Ralston, and a couple other guys who played in the NHL. That was, like, their club team. Like, they beat us, like, 20 something nothing. Like, we were billeting with these people. Like, we had to stop the game. They killed us. And they were Canadians. Like, the, the American guys just murdered us. It, it was actually, yeah, we're almost like, we're kids, we're, like, crying in the room. Like, oh my God, like, this is so embarrassing. We didn't just lose. Like, they took, like, they killed us. They pummeled us. That stuff would never happen again. Like, the minute it got to, like, 10 to one they call the game but they kept on scoring and scoring and scoring yeah. and scoring and we were sitting there going oh my god it was a real life lesson it's kind of weird i'm kind of old school that way like sometimes you need to get beat down but it's probably not that healthy for a kid i i don't know because it's a it's a different world that we're living in right now right like we yeah you, you know like i i remember like you get cut from a team and you know like your parents like get get on that horse again type of thing it's it's a softer kind of love for for this stuff and i think we dealt with from our generation it was more like you know to stop don't cry get out there come on you could do it yeah get tougher i, get tougher I think we definitely grew up in a, in a sink or swim scenario yeah. it's like look it, it, you're gonna get run over if you don't fight back so you're going to have to figure this out, um, and I can't do it for you. I, I think there is an element of that. Now, clearly we can get into discussions about helicopter parenting and all that. Uh -huh. I just thought it was unique in that the Norway thing, the bigger difference, though, and the thing that is really broken about North American sport is it being far too expensive. You yes. talked at the top of the show about hockey being extremely expensive. My son is six years old. Six. He's talked to me about playing hockey, and I'm starting to do, like, the machinations in my head of, yeah. like, all right, what am I going to have to do to pay for this? What time am I going to have to get up It's on uh, it's a disaster. Saturday mornings? Like, it, it's one sport. Yes, good yeah. point, Mike. It's a sport for the – it's going to be just for the haves and guys who have so much money soon that uh, it's just going to be rich people. Like, my dad worked yeah. at a refinery. He gave up his whole career. So I could play hockey, you know, at four o'clock in the morning type of thing. You know, we yeah. also kids that we played with from divorced families. He, he get in. Uh, Johnny's got the van. Like my dad was like the de facto like help guy because other people's parents were like fighting with each other. We'd he'd go. I because I, I was into it. We'd pick up their kids. The parents didn't want anything to do with the kids. They're your problem now type of thing. It's different. Yeah. Like it, that's hard, Mike. Like, you know what I mean? And you're, yeah. You got a radio career. You go, OK, well, hey, Cardano, I'm um, I got to drive my kid to the thing <laughs> to the rink at yeah, 430 like in the morning. I got a morning show on the weekend for NFL football like it, it doesn't it's That's not right. conducive for people who you know what I mean you almost have to be totally rich self-sufficient and go you know what I got so much money it Austin, Matthews, Austin Matthews is from Phoenix yeah right you know yes. so like he obviously grew up with money his family's loaded and I'm not yeah. and I'm, by the way I'm not criticizing no, any of these no, but people life. that are putting money into it's true their son's hockey career but the problem is that we're seeing this across every sport now, and you have yeah. to have a hitting coach when you're eight years old, and you need to be taking extra reps. Like I, I'm the only. Th and look, I'm Cam. You were sitting here talking on a sports radio show. I'm as dialed in, a a and you are as we can be about sports in general. But I have one goal for him right now. I just want him to go out there, try a bunch of different ones, and have, have fun. fun. Yeah, exactly. And Find something you love. We're we're in the breadbasket of lacrosse, so that's going to be a thing for him. He's already played. <laughs> I played you know, lacrosse. We're at Long Island. Like, <laughs> what a know, wild like, game, man! <laughs> yeah, so fielder box. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, fielder so is he playing? Got, field, is he playing field or? Uh, he's or? he's just he's right now. He took like your beginners group of 
uh, you know, like beginner course for yeah. lacrosse players. What He's a game that, that is. So uh, <laughs> he had a lot of fun with it, and he yeah. wanted to get down and dirty on face-offs and all that kind of stuff. I like I'm like, it. all right, maybe this is it. <laughs> Soccer, like he's having fun out there, so that's great. Baseball he's doing right now. Uh, so I am just uh, want him to try it all and have fun with it. And the second he's like, you know what? I'm out on soccer or I'm out on lacrosse. I'll talk to him about it and he'll explain why. And I'll say, that's fine. You know, and if he never wants yeah. to do it, that's fine too. But there's people out there, I think pouring a lot of money into these sports just to go along with the Joneses. And yeah, it doesn't really even matter to the kid anymore. That's a great point. Yeah, no, when I played hockey, it became like that. The parents got into it more than the kid. They want to fight the referee. Like, it got to, it, it was a gong show. Like, it got to be a real gong show. Lacrosse, oh, Mike, it's funny you mentioned that. It's, uh, I, because I, I played hockey, and then I got into field lacrosse in high school, and our team was really good, like, uh, because guys who played hockey, you know, you typically pick it up. Like, my buddy is very, uh, he could have played, actually, pro lacrosse. To, you know, we know a lot of guys on the Toronto Rock and the Buffalo Bandits, but it didn't make enough money. He actually went into construction. He's making more money money there but like the Tavares's like John Tavares his brother like yeah. it's the lacrosse family like I know like it's crazy my buddy knows them really really well and stuff like that they used to play as kids but what a crazy game I remember I was sitting in front of the net like it's hockey and then this guy's throwing a, a, an Indian rubber ball basically 150 <laughs> miles an hour and I miss it and I had a lump on my stomach like the size of a softball i'm like oh yeah. my god my buddy's like no it's not like hockey you don't hang out in front of the net like i thought oh i'm going for the rebound the thing like, you can't even see it it's coming so fast right uh, well the funny thing about quite a wild La- game the, the <laughs> funny nice. thing about both lacrosse and hockey is we've seen um I, we've seen this across sport in general but in lacrosse and hockey in particular it was a very specific cross section of people that played it right it was yeah. all white guys and it's they true. weren't particularly big now there's monsters <laughs> skating around out there and uh lacrosse players are getting bigger and stronger and faster just like every other sport sport it's not just a few canadian guys long islanders and a few guys true. from maryland the sport is starting to spread and it's in it's encouraging uh different kinds of athletes to compete in it so uh yeah we'll used to Used to be Canadian, Indian Reserves, John Hopkins, Syracuse, <laughs> Eastern right. United States. Like, yeah, yeah they were it. all from Long Island and Maryland and upstate New York and Canada. Exactly. exactly. Now it's all hey, over the Northeast and spreading. My, uh, Mike, I'll tell you something. Tiger Woods, these guys not screwing around. This is a long tournament. The leaders are at nine. He's uh, four under through uh, four under through uh, seven holes, six under for the tournament. He's only three shots off the pace from 23rd to Love 10th. It. So we'll keep an eye on the memorial. Looks like it's shaping up to be a great weekend. We haven't even got to the baseball betting board yet. More basketball and pl- hockey playoffs. Everything. It's a Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Cam Stewart along with Mike Blewett going through everything. And Mike, Tiger Woods doing well in golf. That's good for uh, the networks like that. Golf Channel likes that. And it should be a great weekend. And take a look at the updated board for, for betting, live betting. Jordan Spieth right now is the favorite at plus 550. I'm not really down with that. I think I'm going to skip that. I think he's uh, he's playing a lot better, getting closer, and that's nice. But also, you know, chipping in a lot, hitting long putts. I don't think he can sustain that run. Cantlay could be his week. Patrick Cantlay is so good. This guy's a top 5 and 10 machine people if you're betting golf. He's just almost automatic. Plus 650. Ricky Fowler, plus 650. He has yet to tee off. Adam Scott, it's a who's who here. 10 to 1. Rose, 10 to 1. Martin Keimer. Hello, Mar- Martin Keimer. Or the German on the leaderboard here, plus uh, 12 to 1 KH Lee and uh, Tiger Woods right now. Mike, interesting making a move up the leaderboard at 20 to 1. Always interesting when the Tiger's lurking. Yeah, and 
him, the expectations put on him at PGA were way out of whack simply because he hadn't played in weeks. And yes, he was coming off a very emotional Masters win. But I think what you also have to manage with Tiger is that he's managing his schedule. He's not playing as often. So you have to pick your spots where maybe he doesn't have a long layoff or that maybe he's played too many tournaments in a row. But he's got the break here from the PGA. He knows some of the mistakes that he made. Uh, there and mi- in missing the cut, and then he had, I think he has a time to regroup, and it's not that much time has elapsed since his last tournament. So maybe he's a little bit more focused now. He can kind of clear his head and, and move ahead with this tournament and compete here over the weekend. Yeah, out of those guys, who would you like, Mike? I know you, you're jack of all trades. You know, like you, you're like me. You love everything, right? And I, I absolutely love, love, love golf. But I got to think I want a little bit more with Cantlay, but. The, it's tough. Like out out of those guys in those in the range, Spieth, uh five to one, Cantley plus six fifty, Fowler plus six fifty, Scott ten, Rose ten. What a round! He almost had a course record yesterday. Mike nine under for Justin Rose. If the guy could start a tournament well, he'd win every week. Uh, Shifley eighteen, Tiger twenty. Who who if you were to make a live I, bet? I right heard now you golf, say Xander. I heard you say Xander Shoffley, and he's sort of a guy that I look at at a lot of tournaments that I feel like he's yes. got this game to compete, and he is somebody that maybe the PGA didn't set up well for him because he's perhaps not as big a hitter as some of the other guys, but he is somebody whose game I think is going to put him in position to win some of these tournaments. I like Cantlay there too, but Shoffley is somebody's name that always sort of stands out to me in some of these non-major tournaments where maybe you don't need to drive the ball a mile. Excellent point. Like, look at the guys on the leaderboard right now. They're not necessarily bombers. Those are guys who hit, who hit it pretty well, but also guys, T to, like, T to Green Mavens, Adam Scott fits the bill. Patrick Cantley fits the bill. Justin Rose, these are guys who split fairways and are dialed in with their irons. I'm with you. If I were to do a couple bets, it would be Adam Scott, 10 to 1, Shifley at 18. I need a little bit more at Cantley, but I think yeah, he'll be there. It should be shaping up to be a great golf day. My, uh, Mike, we didn't even get to uh, the baseball news and uh, everything going on. And what could you say? off the top we were talking home runs are the balls juice i don't know what the hell's happening is it bad pitching but ding 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 remember i was watching uh uh the jays colorado game uh at, at the sports bar last night it was already a uh, home run story goes deep bomb guerrero just, just like sitting there going oh my god i should have like taken out uh gone to the bank saw my teller put the put the money in put it on the overs in these games lots of runs yeah, so Joe Galina, uh, co- my co-host uh, for the first show this morning, he uh, is convinced that the ball is juiced. He said that they instituted this ball into AAA leagues, and they've seen a similar rise in homers. But just to give you some sense, uh, last night going into the night, they needed to hit 25 homers in order to break the all-time record for home runs in one month, uh, and they hit 40. So I'll, I'm just going to run down a few numbers. Last night, what? In May, 1,135 homers were hit. It breaks the record that was set in August of 2017. Uh, So far, this is the second straight month that the 2019 season has set the calendar home month home run record. So we also had the most home runs in in any April of all time in April of 2019. We now have the most home runs in May of all time (laughs) in 2019. Uh, I would suspect right now we are at a pace that puts MLB on pace for a whopping 6,395 home runs in 2019. I think I even saw a higher estimate, but it would break the current record set in 2017 by nearly 400 homers. I saw another estimate that had it over 6,500, so uh, competing estimates there. But nonetheless, it'll break the record by a lot, and it's not even warm outside yet, Cam. I know. And that's the thing. Yeah, you talk about, like, you're a Yankee guy. Yankee Stadium in the summer, Philadelphia in the summer, Texas. We don't even have to go there. Coors to begin with. Hell, they had snow a couple weeks ago. Balls are flying out of there. Like, it's nuts. Like, like, these, these stadiums, it's not even good. Yeah, it's, it's been dour, damp, whatever. What's going to happen when things heat up? Get you know, pew, These things, it's going to be insane. And I'm looking at the totals. I remember, and I've been betting baseball a long time from like the times I used to call in the guy from a Burger King in like a, a Ford Temple, you know, pick up the pick up the envelope with your Whopper. Look at these totals, Mike. Cleveland, uh, Chicago, 10 and a half. Kansas City, Texas, 11. 
10 and a half. These things, I remember betting baseball, seven, seven and a half. You know, a big game, right. eight and a half. Like, it's a whole different world we're living in. Yeah, I know a couple of the West Coast games, you got a seven and a half with uh, DeGrom and uh, Granke. That seems like a low total or, you know, when Verlander's pitching. But uh, just noticing it, like, it, it's, cra- it's crazy, buddy. Like, what do you, what do, you do? Like, the, the, the books in, at FanDuel and Vegas are eventually going to adjust, but they can't set numbers high enough for these uh, totals. I, I think you have to play whenever there's an inefficiency in the in the wagering marketplace. I think you have to play that until it runs out. You have to yep. be smart about when the trend is going to stop. But I think people are taking it can take advantage of baseball overs right now, and I think people can take advantage of you know in game betting is obviously a big discussion right now. And I think right now that's uh, an inefficiency that you have to learn a little bit about. But uh, you can certainly try to find those. You and I talking about what the best bet is, how to shop to get better odds. You know, you were talking about the Shoffley odds uh, and the Adam Scott odds. The book I was looking at was slightly different from the one that you had. So I'm going to go to your book and place that bet because your odds are better. Um, But similarly here, I think you just ride it out. You know, you always wish you had the knowledge ahead of time. But the reality is we know there's a trend going on right now. So you probably ride it out until you can. Just a few more stats there. Uh, there's a homer every 25 at-bats in May. That's the highest in a month in MLB history. Uh, Pittsburgh's Josh Bell had 94 total bases in May. Yeah, it's the most I, in the month of May since <laughs> Willie Mays in 1958. I wanted to talk to you about Josh Bell. Like, at the start of the year, you know, I, I talked to a lot of guys who are, you know, big baseball guys, baseball gamblers and stuff, and Pittsburgh was kind of a team on the decline. This guy that I know he makes units every year, but i got to tell you um, – what I'm seeing from Josh Bell, 343, 18 dingers, 52 RBIs, 42. This is unheard of. And I think Kurtz and I were talking about it too before. He looks different at the plate, the confidence level, setting a team record for total bases already. Josh Bell is a monster. I saw he was a good player before, Mike, but I did not see this coming. This is insane. He's putting that team on his back. Nah, he's scorching right now. He hit, I believe he hit 389. In the month of May, give me a second right now. I'm pulling up the article. He, give me a second. He hit 389 in May with 12 home runs and 12 additional extra base hits. So the 24 extra, there's tons of stuff. By the way, on the home run total, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, Stanton hasn't played at all. Aaron Judge has barely played. So we have two premier home run hitters that aren't even contributing right now. Excellent point. Yes. So Bell hit a 389, 12 homers and 12 additional base uh, extra base hits. He, he's the first player to land two in the Allegheny River since the park opened in 2001. Uh, the 94 total bases in May is the most by any player in any month in the Pirates' entire history, Gabe, or G- Cam, <laughs> which is 138 years old. Guess what this guy is? 138 years. It, is this right? I'm just checking. Does he make five hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars? <laughs> you got to be. Is <laughs> that, that might be right? The best stat. That might be the best stat of all. Is that I'm, correct? I'm, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm just checking. checking on, it I, 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 he might I'm be looking, on his rookie deal. It says salary five eighty five hundred eighty-seven. I'm like, what? There's not like a like a one before like one point five five hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? The, in today's world. I gotta well, check that, the salaries. That right is now. a steal if that's happening. I, I, I'm on. Uh, I'm just looking at some some notes here. That's what it says, but that can't be right. <laughs> I almost don't believe it, Mike. Like I almost uh, don't believe it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's the salary. Twenty signed through twenty <laughs> nineteen. He's ar- arbitration eligible in twenty twenty. <laughs> he won't be a free agent until twenty twenty three. Oh so. my god. What do you do if you're yeah. Pittsburgh? Like, are, are you sitting there smoking a cigar with a cognac? Like, that's nuts. 587000 <laughs> He's a second-round draft pick in the 2011 MLB June Amateur Draft from Dallas Jesuit College. So, Dallas Jesuit College <laughs> prep out of high school. So, he's drafted out of high school in 2011, and he went straight into the minors. It's unbelievable. That's yeah, uh, he's clearly the best value in all of Major League Baseball right now. Uh, the numbers that... The numbers on his stats were were just absolutely insane, um, both across the league and for him specifically. Uh, the 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 most recent uh, evidence of a guy putting up that many total bases was Giancarlo Stanton in August of 2017. And if you remember back to that, that was the month where Stanton had 
like 20 homers. Do you mm-hmm. remember that month that Stanton had like after the All-Star break a couple of years ago, the year that he won the MVP and he hit 50? Uh, that was a monster month. I remember him because I had him on my fantasy team and Josh Bell really approached that despite not hitting as many homers. Yeah, what's Stanton making compared to Bell? <laughs> yeah, it's just quite a difference. <laughs> it's a little bit. And he's hammering uh, Hex getting in his second rehab. I, that That's the weirdest injury going on right now. Actually, at this point, as a Yankees fan or as a sort of baseball analyst, I don't really expect much from John Carlo Stanton at all this year. He's dealing with a second injury now. It's been sort of state secrets as far as, to borrow a term from George Kurtz, as far as his injury status has been concerned. So I think between Severino and Stanton and even Dylan Batances for the Yankees, I don't think you can expect much out of those three, but they still have Aaron Judge and others coming off the shelf soon. Yeah, and just just to stay on that topic, I know because we have so many things going on there. When Boston wakes up, um, they're eight and a half games back of the New York Yankees. I had them the night they had a nice three-run lead due to an error. They had a three-run lead going into the ninth. They put in Workman, the, everybody and their mother. Uh, a Cleveland hitter, was he, was he hitting 91 at the time, Mike? I think .9. It was just big, big home run. I'm sitting there going, what the hell is going on? People are talking about, you know, picking up a reliever. Uh, but the thing is, it's not necessarily Kimbrel. You, you just, but you need something on the back end. The Yankees don't even have their main players on their team going, and they're eight and a half games back of these guys. Boston's bullpen blows, and it's a big, it big problem. It's And and this team has money. They're going to have to, like, I got to be honest, Mike, if they wait any longer, it's going to be too late. They have to address this very soon. Do you think though that Kimbrel is just not an option for them? He he obviously he's an well option. Through, he's an option. Play, he pitched well enough through the playoffs for them last year, but he seemed to give everybody a headache every time he was in the That's game. That's right. He's for a months attack. at a time, mm-hmm. and now they didn't come to an agreement uh, because he's obviously asking for more than they were willing to give. But at the same time, do you think that there is, would be? sour grapes and then not coming to a deal and Kimber would opt to sign elsewhere. Yeah, I do. He's just looking for the biggest number. I think he's looking for numbers, but I also think he has in the back of his head, like kind of a mini screw you, Boston money will change that. Um, What do you do this? But even for depth and then we, we, you know, uh, we didn't get into this one, but Dallas Keuchel, his agent, Scott Boris is talking about, you know, he's throwing simulated every fifth day. He's throwing what? 95 to 105 pitches. That's real. I don't know. Like the thing is, when you're a team like that, you need arms, and then you can bring other guys, and then you could kind of put a patchwork bullpen. I'm not necessarily saying closer, but you need quality arms. You can't be throwing stiffs out there in, in key situation of games and giving up home run and home run and home run and multiple walks and losing games in the eighth and ninth inning. It's it's really concerning. And Keiko can give you Keiko can give you innings, which is not which is something that obviously gets short shrift now. Yeah, guys that can eat up innings because there's so much of a dedication to, like the Yankees blueprinted a, a win for them last night. Last night was a blueprint win for the Yankees. Jay Happ for five, Avino, yep. Canley, Britton, Chapman, one inning each. See you later. Five hits, uh, three walks, and they dominated them using five pitchers. Avino is awesome. He's been when he's been when that guy's stuff that is. There, what, what, what's Colorado doing? Like you get rid of this guy? He. <laughs> Like I, just, I have no idea. I, I, I don't get it. There's a, you, you, I, I know he's a bullpen pitcher, but I, I look at some of the arms in that team. I go, you're getting rid of Adam Ottavino. Like the guy has nasty, filthy stuff went on. He does. Like it's crazy. And I look at the he's pitchers the in their lineup. Come on, man. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand that. Like, we're obviously, I'm not in the clubhouse or whatever, but anybody with half a brain knows that the guy is, he's amazing, Mike. Like, yeah. The Yankees are unbelievable. Right. Like I, I, you got to hand it to these guys. Like they lost Dave Robertson, they picked up Adam Ottavino. Exactly. They haven't missed a beat. The bullpen's still the best, and Batances is hurt. Yeah, I know. I know. Like you, as a Yankee fan, how like excited are you right now? Like you know, Tampa Bay is well, obviously a great story, but Boston, like they're not done. But eight and a half games at this point, it's it's concerning. Would you not say what? Where would you put them in on the panic meter? Uh, I'd say right now. If you're on, if you're being an honest evaluator, as Boston, you have to consider that the Yankees have not been healthy at all, uh-huh. and they're still eight and a half up. The Yankees had, at one point had 13 players on the IL. 
Gio Urshela isn't going to play like this for the rest of the year, but he's been great. Glaber Torres, Glaber Torres for a month has basically been the MVP of the American League, along with a few other guys. DJ LeMahieu might be the most valuable player in all of baseball because he's kept this Yankees team together by playing multiple positions, filling in and hitting three seventeen, including a huge home run last night off of Chris Sale. So uh, I do think that. Boston panic meter right now. I think you got to be at around a six or seven. I'm thinking seven. This, bullp- this bullpen still is a mess, and they're eight and a half games out. So the Yankees aren't healthy. The bullpen isn't fixed. Granted, they'll play better over time. They're going to be better than one game over 500. But you're chasing down a team which you might have already ceded too much ground to. To your point, Kim. Exactly. And you're losing games at the back end of games because you don't have your bullpen situation figured out. I don't think that's going to change. Well, we'll talk about Sale, too. Another guy that, uh, you know, just has been more down than up. We got the Fantasy uh, Sports Network here. Me and Blewett, we're going to go through a busy, busy day, everybody. Stick around. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. He's getting funky with us, everybody. Hope your Saturday's going okay. It's a little bit gloomy here. Hopefully it's nice uh, where Mike is in New York. Uh, can't wait. This afternoon after the show, Mike, we're done at 2 Eastern, and then you're going to be off to hey, hey, the old pub there. Watch a little soccer match. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. A little, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, Some bangers and mash with the Brits. Yeah. Uh, the famous book of British I smiles. It. I love it. It's probably more I'm going to be playing uh, soccer with a three-year-old and more likely. But I, I, I think I'll watch the game at home, uh, shut it down for those couple of hours, and then uh, get out, maybe play with the kids or something like that. I'd love to get cool. out to a pub today. but So to, to give you a sense, I, I forgot to tell this one story. So – I have a couple of very good – one of my best friends is a Liverpool fan, my friend Ryan, who was a roommate, went to college with him. Uh, He's a huge Liverpool fan. He's he's wearing probably a most solid jersey right now. Yeah, exactly. Getting ready to watch the game. And he thought about going to Madrid. He was this close. But he had gone to the Kentucky Derby uh, just last month. So that was his big trip. But he really – he probably should have saved it, but how can you predict that they're going to make the Champions League final? Exactly. Uh, and he already had the Derby. Book, in the fashion so. they did, too. Like, it was yeah. like once in a life. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, now, conversely, I have friends on the other side of it, too. Several friends that are big Tottenham supporters. And Tottenham's headquarter bar in Manhattan is a place called Flannery's. Flannery's on the corner of 14th and 7th. If anybody is headed there now, God bless, Godspeed. But they have an official New York City Tottenham Hotspur fan club that is centered. uh, The the game watches are there at Flannery's. I have watched games at Flannery's, portions of it, with that crowd. They get very into it. Doesn't matter if it's a Wednesday afternoon match in the Premier League or the Champions League semis, uh, and now the final. They get into it. Uh, place packs up. Everybody got their kits on. The whole deal. They, because of the sheer popularity of this event, they contacted their sister bars, and they've sold out. You don't have to buy a ticket. But they've sold out reservations for four bars to watch this game. So Flannery's fits a couple of hundred people. Do that for another bar and another bar and another bar. They're at they're peaking over a thousand people just at these four bars alone uh, for Tottenham. So uh, big money, big beer, bar bills, as you said, uh, and it should be a lot of fun for everybody. 
That should be. What's Tottenham's background, though? Because I remember my my soccer coach when I was a kid. He was a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Is it more like? Are they? I think they're. Are they a Jewish uh, side? Like they yes. have some things going on yes. that that way. Like I. There's I'm thinking there, political stuff. North, I believe. Uh, let me. I don't want to get this wrong on the yeah. the geographics. I didn't mean to put you on the I spot think, either, but no, no, I, no, no, I no. knew there was no, a, just associated with that. I can't remember if there's North London or West London where they're located was a Jewish section of Correct. the city of London, historically. So yeah. Tottenham now has a kind of a hipster fan base because they've got better, and Harry Kane has got this sort of movie star flair to him. So it's a little bit of a hipster fan base, but historically they do have a Jewish fan base and were known as the Jewish team. So if you were Jewish and you were raised in London, that's your team. And to some extent that has been, always been a... a a part of the team. I think it's less so now just because the team's gone international and you have fan bases all over, but yeah, it is known as sort of a team supported by Jewish fans. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. I, as I, as I told you, Mike, off the top, this bar that we went to was like new renovated. It's like beautiful. They have upstairs leather recliners and stuff probably fit. Like I'm thinking like, a, like at least five, six, like it was, I, I don't know the people, like it almost felt like you can pack a thousand in there and they're like, sir, sir, you better show up at noon. You better show up at noon for this game at three. Like we're already so same thing reservation. And that's, that's like one bar. Not even like, like I can't even tell you, like it's going to be uh this is not even the Raptors game, buddy. It's been pretty crazy with the, with the things going on. And people don't understand. It's a it's a one shot thing today. We're not going back and forth, back and forth. The game being played uh, in Spain, and it's it's a one time shot. It's not like we get the home and away game. This is it. Yeah, um, this is this big. To, to, I, I would love to see what the numbers are going to be, but we always talk cam ratings and all that kind of stuff yeah. about uh, uh, how many people watch the Super Bowl. No way. Or there are more people watch this oh, football than will watch this. Not match. even no close. No, this will crush it. Close. Oh, yeah. I, I would, I would tend to say, like, I'd like to know an over under. I'll probably take um, the soccer game. It's global. You think yeah. some guy? That, that, see, it's kind of like we talked about with basketball. We love, we love the NFL. Like we're, we, me, Mike, Mike. You know what I mean? Like at North America, we love it, yeah. love it, love it. Like I can't wait for yeah. Sunday. But you could talk to other people in the world. It's like okay. Like even when you even when you go when you go to London and stuff, they have the games there. Sure, you got your pockets of fans. When it's an event for them, it's not like a, the hardcore. You know what I mean? NFL like that's, Plus, that's starting that's, the game that's at a, midnight. Like I know. starting the game at midnight <laughs> over there after yeah. midnight there. Like that's the one country like, where you yeah. think, all right, they've got a burgeoning fan base. It's like, all right, but we're still putting it on after everybody's asleep, uh, and you can't even get any casual fans there. You know, yeah. who then who else is watching it in Asia, Russia, morning, yeah, you know? yeah, like Japan? Here, like, it's yes. it's in Madrid. <laughs> It's starting at three o'clock our time, so it's uh, I would suspect they're five hours ahead now, so maybe eight p.m. Eight, local eight, yeah, time, eight p.m. And, and people I, in yeah. people all over Europe can watch it because it's a Saturday night, mm-hmm. and people in Asia are, cer- are certainly going to be up in the middle of the night. Um, Tottenham has a very popular Korean player, I believe, uh, on their team, so True. they'll be watching. So. Yeah, I don't. I never know when they say a billion people are watching the Super Bowl. The numbers yeah. are fudged in some way. Uh, these numbers don't have to be fudged, and I can tell you that a billion people will be watching yeah. it. I'll take. Uh, I'll take. Uh, <laughs> I'll take the Champions League final over Super Bowl for audience uh, any any day of the week for sure. Mike. The only we yeah. The only weird thing about this one is that it's two English teams, which is a, yeah. which is a rarity. So. It yeah, could. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of blowback in terms still, of people saying, "I ah, screw those English teams," and it still doesn't matter. But still, like, like I, people I, are still yeah. gonna watch it. I was at a Portuguese bar last night, and they're they're jacked up about it. That's Portugal. Like they they rather you know what I mean, or, or like Spain. Like yeah. there were there were some guys there. It was actually it was a Brazilian and Portuguese fan base, and the whole as I told you, the news was in. The news was in uh, Sp- Portuguese, Sp- like, and I'm watching it. The whole damn thing was soccer. Like, they didn't yeah. even have like there could have been like a murder in Madrid, whatever. The whole thing was two guys yeah, from yeah. then, and their and their country is not even involved in this thing. And and the, no. I'm not talking about ten minutes. I'm talking about a two hour broadcast was two guys just talking soccer. Like we're talking yeah. all sports now, so that's right. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, and, and and like yeah, people in Congo or whatever. Like that's the thing about soccer; it, it truly is uh, the, the world. I was just game. about to say, yeah, it, and and not just that, but these teams individually. The best player on the field today is Egyptian. 
Mo Salah. Great He's point. been player of the year. So mm-hmm. you have a different continent in, yes. involved in this as well. So Mo Salah is the best player. Harry Kane is Harry Kane is such a darling for Tottenham because he's from England. He's yeah. from he's local and he's got these movie star good looks and he's a great young English footballer, which they don't they have been trying to find <laughs> That's true. for a while now. Every time a superstar comes up, like Rooney? something seems to go sideways with him or and certainly go sideways when they hit the World Cup because they don't have the depth that they once had. But they're always looking for the next guy to save them in the World Cup. And obviously, England had a great run this year. They get to the Final Four, and Harry Kane is front and center of it. So um, Mo Salah has been uh, player of the year in the Premier League. He's a great player, and you'll see. He's he's front and center today, him versus Harry Kane, and uh, I encourage everybody to watch. And, again, we're taking the over on yes, this. Yes, we favorite. are. And we'll take two we'll and take a half Liverpool. over. <laughs> Liverpool's a minus 125, but we our favorite bet is the over here at two and a half. We, see, we expect to see some goals. I'm surprised that's, it's that low, actually. I am, too. And the thing is, the minus 125, that's in, uh, that's in just regular time and injury time. Liverpool right, minus yes. 220 to win. So if it goes to extra time, I think I'm going to. Uh, do one with them in regulation time, Mike, just because I don't want to pay yeah. the juice on the other one and, and do a correlated yeah. parlay to the over with Liverpool minus 220 and the over uh, two and a half. Did you, I know the college, uh, the MLB drafts coming up there. Did you see the story, too, I know uh, about Oregon Which, State? Which, by the way, plays in the, the Dallas Keiko K- Craig Kimbrell discussion that's we're having that, Exactly, so exactly. They'll be signed by Tuesday night. 15% or more on car insurance. Oh, Can football announcer Andres Cantor make any sport exciting? Ha sido una partida intensa hoy. Yadrovsky está pensando, está pensando. Veamos qué va a hacer. Moverá la reina, moverá el caballo. Qué tensión. Viene, 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 viene. Yeah. Andres Cantor taking us, uh, taking us through the discussion. Engels used to be going, Scars! The Buffalo Sabres have done it! Mike Blewett's Buffalo 6, Nordiques 2, Mayday! Mayday! I told you, I interviewed Rick Jenneret. Is that what I sound like? I go, no, you're just doing better than me. I'm, I'm imitating you, bud. Great guy. No, that's, uh, that's, all, that's, that's fun stuff. No, I, I remember the Simpsons episode too. It's like they're passing D D D, and Mo said, "Come on, let's fight!" Boom! They start. Remember the soccer game? There's like no yeah. action. It's like passing by back to it, back. back. Yeah. So, that's so good. But you do you do get a sense when you. I mean, the, a good thing about soccer too is that it's packaged into a two-hour segment. Exactly. Yes, this may go. This may go to extra time and to shootouts, and then we're getting past two hours. But if you're watching a standard match. Starts at three. This thing's going to be over by. If they don't go to regulation, it's yeah. over by four fifty. You can get on with your day. It's true. It's like a call. It's kind of like the way I like. I like college basketball. Two hours in and out. You know what I mean? We don't have to. It's it's no no BS. Maybe like two fifteen. Like you know what I mean, Mike? It's a lot quicker. We don't have that. Oh, college football, which I love. But honestly, man, those three o'clock games are ending uh, sometime like eight o'clock. Going. Uh, what, what about the those West Coast games? You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. How I've said this many games. times before. People, college football of all the sports has gotten the biggest pass as far as uh, timing has oh for sure is concerned because everybody complains about NFL games and the major league baseball games getting longer because of the sheer amount of reviews that they do in college football and now with the targeting rules in the last couple of years reviewing even longer it's ridiculous a four-hour college football game is not out of question from week no. to week no not out of the question I think it's more yeah, nobody the norm. Bitches about it it's more the norm especially SEC games like they're just it's like I'm sitting there going wow they start those they start those games at uh, what Mike 3 3 3 30 Eastern on Saturday yeah. they're wrapping up at least I, I see sometimes like 7 45 8 o'clock I, I know specifically because I'm betting other sports on the board waiting for that game to end to get accounts credited or whatever if I can do something else with a hockey game yeah. at 805 or something like that no it's it, yeah, yeah. you're a great point uh they really are – they have to do something about it. And I, I really don't like the targeting rule the way they hand it. I'm all for player safety, but it's out of control. Like, it's out of control a lot of the time. I just – I don't it's know where to one, begin, though. I don't know where how to solve it. It's one of those things yeah, – it's one of those things that's a, another example of replay becoming something that it wasn't intended to be for. Yeah. So you're slowing down – you're slowing down a play where somebody got hit in the head and assuming that the player – 
who was trying to make a tackle positioned himself to make that hit, which clearly wasn't the case in real time. He's putting his shoulder out, but the guy got hit by another player, and then helmets collide, and then they say, well, you just got to be more careful. You're out of this game and suspended for the first half of the next one. It just... I don't know what the right answer is, It's a, but it's certainly more about the powers that be in college football trying to appease the optics side of it and eliminating common sense from the equation. They want the optics to be uh, inarguable mm-hmm. uh, because they're kicking players out for targeting, but uh, clearly there are instances in which players get ejected for targeting which wasn't the player's intent in the first place. I agree 100%. Did you see, uh, yeah, I know we were talking about baseball, this kid from Oregon State, Adley uh, Rutschman, they gave him a bases-loaded intentional walk, Mike. Well, <laughs> so i don't know i, I don't know the what's anniversary of that the anniversary of the barry bonds intentional bases loaded walk was just the other day interesting when when, when um show walter i believe was it buck show walter was the manager of the diamondbacks at the time yeah i think it was uncle buck uncle buck i think it was uh, never looked. Buck event. looks pretty sur- surly all the, the time. Day. <laughs> he's, yeah. He looks pretty surly, like he's he's got having a bowel movement. But yeah, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> Buck. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, that, hey, I would have walked Bonds too. What would you have done? The guy, the guy is lethal. Like you they know, won the it's game. Almost stupid. So it worked out exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. guys hitting six hundred. <laughs> you know, his OPS was fourteen hundred. So yeah, I would walk the guy because he, he's probably going to get a hit. Yeah, for sure. Do you do you bet tennis, Mike? I don't. I don't, but I know the French Open is going on right now, and until you told me about the golf tournament, I was watching uh, Madison Keys uh, was in a three-setter right now. Maria Sharapova looks like she's on right now uh, in the second, in the first set of her match. Yeah, no, just for the betters out there, um, I, it's it's interesting. Like, my girlfriend, she she's uh, she likes individual sports. Like, when we go down to Vegas, uh, her big thing is to bet the golf and the tennis. It's crazy. Mike, she blindly betted a uh, golf tournament, had the second, two second-place guys. She took, like, from the tournament in Texas, she had Ryan Morey came second, Charlie Hoffman came second, and the other guy was, like, T13. I'm like, wow, you are you should call on our network and do golf capping. She's <laughs> hanging out with me too much. But I'm saying Naomi Naomi Osaki uh, lost. She's out of the tournament, the, the top wow. seed. Uh, I, I think we're going to have some fade material there mike i'm just watching her career with the coach and things and you know the numbers in tennis it's one of those things she doesn't seem like the same player anymore and she's heavily favored all the time but not really getting it done in these tournaments i was just going to get your take because uh i find women's tennis to sometimes very profitable to bet on yeah i I think in general my my thoughts on tennis and i was a really huge fan of the sport growing up i still do like it uh although i'm probably only checking in on majors for the most part Mm -hmm. I, i think what Here's my my official take on tennis is that I think by far it is the most underrated sport when it comes to people understanding the physicality of it. Yes. The level of athletes that they are because not all of them, even though there are some like John Eisner, who's 6'10", not all of them are that big, but the toll that it takes physically on these players with the schedule that they have to play and the amount of time that they spend on court each tournament during matches, I think is highly underrated. And I think it's ripe for players to have huge swings. Novak Djokovic Good could call. lose three mm-hmm. years ago. Then he couldn't even get to the final of a major or of a grand slam, I should say. So I think that's why you see swings like that. And players are all playing hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think you see huge downswings on the men's and the women's side at times. We're back for the final hour right after a short break. We'll go through the whole board.